0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss season nothing of Farscape because we're talking about the movie.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's it's one movie, The Peacekeeper Wars, right? But <laughs> it's split into two parts and each part is an hour and a half long. So
0: it- it, It's essentially two like big episodes to wrap up the show, which is a thing I think a lot of shows used to do. I mean it's not it's not serenity it's not getting a uh, theatrical release which was the first piece of firefly media I saw
1: that's so weird yeah what what was that like
0: i mean i didn't really have context for anything mm-hmm. like i'm sure a lot of stuff that happened in that movie was payoffs for stuff that happened in the show Could maybe be, uh,
1: did you enjoy it
0: yeah i thought it was fine i'm not again i'm not really a huge sci-fi person so not really having the context for stuff
1: Okay, interesting.
0: I liked it when River Tam beat all those people up. That was fun.
1: That's a good set piece. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then later in the movie when she killed all those guys, that was cool too. <laughs> but like, I mean, it was fine.
1: So what's interesting here is that what the villains do in Serenity, just to kind of little preview of what's coming in the Peacekeeper Wars, what the villains do is what... A race that I think we're supposed to think our heroes do here.
0: Yeah, there are these, I'm going to say monks. I know that's not entirely right. No, that sounds good. But there are these monks, these alien monks that have this, like, psionic peace-spreading ability. Which, which is
1: definitely just mind control.
0: I mean, isn't this just what the Nabari do? But I was going to say with extra steps, but not with extra steps. With fewer steps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's what the Nabari do. It's what the Pax Virus was supposed to do in Serenity. And instead of doing it, the Pax Virus created the Reavers, just like these guys created the uh, Peacekeepers. Mm. Like, again, spoilers for the end of this movie that we're watching right now.
0: I mean, also, how good is your psychic peace brainwashing if you need a security force to keep everyone in line after you're done with it?
1: Well, it only works when you're physically standing there in front of them. We see that, right? Because... When the Hatskaren shoots him, it stops. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So, I mean, why not just have Naranti drug everyone, right? Everyone will be chill during that. It'll probably, and it'll last after she leaves for a little bit. Yeah. But, yes, psychic peace alien's good, though. In this, in this particular context, psychic peace alien's good. Anyway, as a reminder, last time on Farscape...
1: The entire series happened.
0: The entire series happened. John Crichton, Earthman from Earth, gets sucked through a wormhole, ends up in space, has alien adventures with wacky aliens, meets a lady who doesn't have wacky alien makeup. They fall in love. She gets pregnant. There's a war between people who look human but aren't and these psychic fire-breathing space dragons. Mm-hmm.
1: The Peacekeepers and the Scarens.
0: The Peacekeepers and the Scarens. Big bomb goes off, kills a bunch of both, but not really in any way that affects anyone long term. Uh, John and the human woman, human looking alien woman, Aaron, go to a planet where she tells him that she's pregnant and then they immediately get crystallized and exploded by some weird split open face guy.
1: Yep. Yep. That's, that's Farscape. So a couple of things. Even though we saw them get crystallized and blown up, we open with John lying, appearing to be dead Hmm. and a voiceover from Aaron saying, like, the fighting has stopped. There's peace now. But was it worth it?
0: I think it's interesting who gets into the opening credits and who doesn't. Mm. Because we got Anthony Simcoe. We got Lady Who Plays Gianna. Gigi Gigi Angelo. Yeah. Mm hmm. We don't have the guy who plays Rigel, even though he's a major character. Mm -hmm. He does not get credited in the opening credits. And we don't get Pilot, but I guess Pilot's barely in it. Also, we don't get Naranti. But again, she's barely in it. It just, it seems weird that they left out the puppet people and Naranti. And Stark, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what it looked like for them to do it like that.
0: I have to imagine there was a lot of very specific contract negotiations behind who gets credited for this sort of thing and who doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that Pilot's voice is different. Like, it's still Lenny Tupu, but whatever effect they're doing on his voice is is different just enough that I'm like, what is happening with your voice?
0: Well, they also gave, I, I think, I I said I think, I'm almost entirely sure we've got a new uh, Rigel puppet. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a lot of people whose makeup is definitely not the same as it was in the show. They
1: completely changed Sokozu's makeup.
0: Which I do not care for. Uh, I do not like Sokozu's movie look.
1: I kind of do like it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Rigel puppet, uh, first we get a shot of the Scarons and the Peacekeepers blowing each other up and ships exploding. And then we see Rigel underwater, which we have never seen before, but we get to see Rigel swimming because they decided they had enough money To do the CG of Rigel swimming, and they were almost right about that.
0: Hey, you remember that one time Rigel walked and how it was the worst thing ever filmed?
1: Yeah, they tried to do a walk cycle for Rigel and then decided not so much, but oof. Oof.
0: Yeah, the swimming's
1: not, it's not great. I mean, it doesn't bother me so much, it's just a product of its time, but... Yeah. Essentially, Rigel is down at the bottom of the ocean on the ocean planet where John and Aaron got blown up, and he is scouring the ocean floor for every single crystallized piece of Aaron and John that he can find.
0: And he he spits them out into the boat, and then Naranti tastes each piece and then puts it in either the John pile or the Aaron pile. She
1: can tell from taste whether it's sebation or Human. W-
0: you lived on Earth for 6 months, Naranti. There's no need to talk like an internet cat.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were I thought you were saying the opposite. I thought you were saying how could she know what humans taste like after only being on Earth for 6 months? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they're pretty pretty sure they've got all of John and Aaron, so they're going to put them back together.
1: Yeah, the the people who blew up John and Aaron, they have a hidden island country there on this water planet which is why moya's crew thought it was empty when they landed there but apparently there was a whole hidden place there
0: i'm sorry if your whole thing is making people think you're an uninhabited planet i feel like you can't get mad when people show up
1: they weren't mad they just blew them up no they are they're aggressive isolationists they stay alone they stay hidden when people show up they blow them up
0: it seems like a good way to get your planet blown up by Janeway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Although I do have to give them some, some like nodding credit here that they were right to not want to deal with John Crichton ever.
0: Yes. Yes. John, accidental genocide Crichton is not someone you want to invite onto your planet.
1: Mm-hmm. So speaking of people you don't want to invite onto your planet, we see Scorpius in command of his own battalion of peacekeeper ships now and much like graza before him and like crace before her he has gone rogue and decided to just start attacking the scarans what are you gonna do about a peacekeeper command other than yell at me i'm all the way over here
0: yeah again for a fascist military organization the uh, peacekeepers aren't
1: super well organized i mean they are it's just they go rogue quite a lot
0: I mean, literally every single, uh, every single time we've seen a peacekeeper general, they're either in the process of going rogue, they're about to go rogue, they've gone rogue.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, so he's gone rogue, he's started a war. He started a war which the peacekeeper admiral tells him is the last war of our generation because, you know, people are going to die.
0: But like all the people.
1: Yeah, all the people. All the people are going to die.
0: It's the last war of any Sebation generation because there will be no more Sebations.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Meanwhile, since we're wrapping up all of the loose threads from the uh, finale.
1: Yeah, uh, we go back to the water planet and Chiana comes back. I guess she's been gone and she can see again. Don't worry about that. She's different.
0: I I, I miss her all black eyes.
1: Yeah, that was that was cool. I bet those contacts hurt, though.
0: Yeah, probably
1: were but probably almost impossible to see through.
0: Is she still psychic? Did they, did they, She? did she lose the psychic thing when she got new eyes? Or?
1: This movie doesn't confirm it, but it, yeah, I'd say she's still psychic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I guess it didn't come up super consistently, but.
1: Mm-hmm. But she's gotten the diagnostician and his. Well, a
0: diagnostician.
1: Right. But the same Igor from before.
0: Yeah. I guess he just hops from diet. No-
1: diagnostician.
0: It. Diet. Can't say it. I guess he just hops from doctor to doctor.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because it's probably a difficult language to learn. It doesn't seem to work with the translator microbes and he can speak it. So that would make sense.
0: Also because there are a whole race of doctors that also die if they're exposed to germs. So I'm assuming that a lot of job hopping is just kind of part of the whole deal.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the diagnostician goes to the planet and he helps them rebuild... John and Aaron, and also fills them in that while well, they've been here on this hidden, isolated planet, the Scarens and the Peacekeepers have gone to war, and it's really bad. It's bad everywhere.
0: Bad news bears. Which, you'd think the Scarens would be in a worse position because they don't have that, like, intelligence flower that makes them psychic and stuff.
1: Okay, I wasn't sure who was going to bring this up or not. Okay. But man, that seems to not have done anything, right? Like, there's no difference in the scared's abilities in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, they made it seem like, like this would be a devastating blow to their empire if they lost the flowers and...
1: Eh. Okay, I, I really genuinely think that what happened was they wanted to wrap it up really quickly and didn't have enough episodes to do a full war, so they created the flower. They destroyed the flower. We could just assume that that war was now delayed. Mm. But now that they had the movie, they're going to do the war. So just forget about the flower.
0: So Bracca's grown an incy wee beard for the war.
1: He's got a little soul patch for the war.
0: It's very cute.
1: Uh, also, we see that Sokozu is is still Scorpius's number one girl. Although, man, she has
0: terrible, terrible hair.
1: I love it. She's She has gone like goth punk to match Scorpius's aesthetic.
0: I don't know if this, her haircut really me- reads more college girl who just got dumped to me.
1: I felt like it was really punk. I liked it.
0: This is a, I had a life event and this is how I'm choosing to deal with it.
1: I mean, that is what happened.
0: So John and Aaron are reconstructed and they're hit with the decrystallization ray. And I guess it was nice that they've rebuilt them with their tongues in each other's mouths.
1: They're rebuilt in the position they got crystallized in. And they were kissing when they got crystallized. And I love it. Oh, my God. I love John and Aaron so much. They come out of the kiss and they are ready to go. They don't know where they are, but they both pull their guns. And everyone's like, hey, put your guns down. And they, you know, they ask Dargo and Shiana, do we trust these guys? Are are we friendly with these guys? And they tell them, "Uh, not exactly. We're
0: friendsly. We're
1: friendsly. They did help put you back together.
0: After crystallizing you and shattering you.
1: Right. They said it was an accident. They didn't mean to. So John and Aaron do give up their guns.
0: Hey, John, you know about accidents, right?
1: <laughs> right. They ask how... Lo- I hadn't thought about that parallel, but that's true. The whole show started because John accidentally killed Chris's brother. And now the movie is starting off with them having accidentally blown up John and Aaron. And it's like a little parallel there. I mean, there was a lot more.
0: A lot of other stuff happened. Also, John's ki- John's killed a lot of people on accident.
1: Well, I was actually going to say there was a lot more agency with these aliens. Yeah,
0: I was thinking more when he took Stark to that vacation planet and accidentally genocide[d] a bunch of people.
1: Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. John asks how long he's been crystallized, and they tell him sixty days. And he turns to Erin and he said, "You said yes." And she said, "I did." And he said, "So two months of engagement." what do you think? How's it going so far? And she's like, it's great. (laughs) I love the two of them so much.
0: Erin's definitely picked up on a lot of John's John-isms.
1: She definitely has. Erin has, throughout the course of the series, just developed a sense of humor that, uh, matches really well with John's particular sense of humor. Mm. Like, in it's kind of wry cuttingness. It 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 underscores his over the topness.
0: Aaron is Valencia from Crazy Ex Girlfriend.
1: I've been thinking about that a lot, yeah, because Valencia famously doesn't really understand jokes at the beginning. She's like, "I'm really starting to get into humor here." <laughs> There's even going to be a moment coming up where Aaron makes a joke, and John's like, "You made a joke."
0: So Scorpius.
1: Yeah, Scorpius on his on his battleship is. Blown up a bunch of people and Bracca's like, you know what? You were right. You were right that we should attack them first while they were unaware because we are definitely winning. And Scorpius is like, nope, nope. I feel a disturbance in the force. John has been reconstituted. We got to go track him down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bracca keeps on. He's like, we're winning, though. And Scorpius is like, I'm going to put all of my fingers in your mouth and then I'm going to be like, hey, bitch, shut up. Do you not understand our dynamic? When daddy says we leave, we leave.
1: Scorpius is smarter than this. No, it, Scorpius, you've watched so many of your comrades fuck up by trying to chase down John Crichton. Just leave it be. You're winning, Finish blowing up the Scarans, and then, I mean, maybe if you want to track him down and keep wormhole technology from getting to other species, fine. But the chance that the Scarons are going to find it and get it at this point is is teeny tiny. Like...
0: Also, don't just half blow people up. Like...
1: Yes! but Honestly, this is like such... A, this is such an unforced error from Scorpius. Like, just... This this makes me lose faith in Scorpius.
0: So John is brought to the high council of hidden face split open people. Mm -hmm. And he explains literally everything that happened in the show up to this point. Right. For those of you who have decided to start this with the movie instead of watching the TV show, which I guess I can't judge because of the previous anecdote I had with, you know firefly
1: i was gonna say who would do that but okay i guess you would
0: (laughs) well i I was not intentionally but i I did kind of end up live tweeting a bunch of this and uh last night on twitter yes you did and uh someone commented that this was the first farscape thing they saw and i was like that had to be a bizarre experience like
1: i guess like I wasn't into Farscape until it was all over and off the air. So I don't know what it was like at the time. But I guess if they made it like a big event when they aired it, mm. you might have been interested enough to tune in, even if you hadn't watched the show. Or you might have had a roommate or a partner who was like, "Ooh, I have to watch the movie. And you were like, okay, I'll sit and watch a movie with you.
0: It's weird because it kind of reminds me of, do you, you, you remember the Hercules show with... Uh... Of course. Those actually started as a series of made-for-TV movies. Like that used to be kind of a thing where they try out.
1: Oh, I did not realize Hercules: The Legendary Journey, starring Kevin Sorbo, was um was movies first. The Librarians was like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. So I could see someone accidentally watching it because they well, accidentally watching the Farscape movie because they're like, oh, there, there's a show and there's a movie. They the show must have come, the movie must have come out of the show. My babysitter is a vampire. Also was yes, a movie and- yes, it was. Do they do that anymore? Did that stop being a thing?
1: A Glee... Glee was going to be a movie... Well, okay, so what what happened with Glee, and honestly, I don't know if this was the same situation with the librarians and Hercules or not, but what happened with Glee was they did a pilot that could be a self-contained movie if need be. Mm. And I know lots of places have done that. In fact, this is so funny because these are the two shows we talked about last time on the Farscape episode. But... Twin Peaks did that as well. Twin Peaks's pilot was has an alternate ending that solves Laura Palmer's murder, so that could have been...
0: A TV event or whatever.
1: Yes, exactly. That's
0: interesting, especially because there are multiple mystery science theater episodes of movies that were just pilots that didn't get picked up, mm-hmm. so they were kind of recut into movies.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to shoot all that footage, you don't want it to go to waste. You've got it sitting around.
0: Yeah. Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders is a lot of fun because it's, it's a children's movie in theory, but the uh, TV show that was supposed to exist was a horror anthology.
1: That's actually one of my favorite MST3K episodes, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. The second story's a little weaker than the first story.
1: They're both just so bad. Like, it's, it, it's like it was made specifically to be MST3K'd.
0: The fact that her husband turns into a baby and she's like oh well I guess I don't have to worry about my fertility issues anymore my husband's a baby now
1: yeah r slash not how women work but okay okay
0: great a sarcastic baby
1: <laughs> oh I was gonna say speaking of sarcastic babies that doesn't <laughs> work at all but speaking of sarcastic babies
0: uh boob sweat ladies back boo Graza.
1: yeah so the peacekeeper admiral is like Scorpius is a coward. He ran away from a war he started because he, of course, isn't privy to what's going on with Scorpius. He doesn't know that Scorpius heard John wake up.
0: I mean, honestly, even with the context, Scorpius did run away from a war he started.
1: Yeah, but not because of cowardice. Because of terrible tactics. Two totally different things. And and Graza shows up. Apparently Graza is now romantic partners with this peacekeeper admiral. Okay. Out there, uh... Doing the, doing the good feminist thing, huh, Graza? Anyway, she is. She tells the Admiral... I'm calling him an Admiral. I don't know if that's actually his uh, position, but it indicates what he is, which is above Scorpius. Anyway, yeah. she tells the Admiral, Hey, uh, do not assume that Scorpius did something cowardly, because I know him very well, and that is absolutely not what happened. Whatever he did, he had a reason for it that was not, oh, I'm so afraid.
0: Yeah, like... You, you think she would have learned her lesson, but I guess Farscape is not a show where people learn lessons.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like she did. It's just she doesn't have all of the information right now.
0: Uh, I mean, the fact that she's still kind of going on the aggressive.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the lesson should be this, this whole this whole war is a terrible idea and you should all just back out of it.
0: Like, you know how Bracca survived for four seasons? He just didn't do anything stupid.
1: You know who had the right idea? The hidden monks on the water planet who just put up a barrier and hid from everyone. I, although I guess I guess it does show the folly of that, which is eventually John Crichton shows up to ruin your day.
0: Yeah. Like, you can ignore politics as much as you want, but eventually politics are going to stop ignoring you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So John and Aaron, back on the- back on said water planet- are figuring out what to do and John, John agrees with us. He's like, you know what we should do? We should go away and stay out of all of this nonsense because it has nothing to do with us and we are done with this bullshit.
0: Yeah, let's let's just go back to the thank God it's Friday again planet and live there with our baby.
1: Yeah, let's just live Friday every day over and over again. That sounds fine. Yeah. I mean, not really, but for other reasons.
0: I guess we could go back to the...
1: Jeremiah Creighton planet? Yeah. They could go back to that time-displaced planet where they lived for, for... Yeah, that was
0: nice. I mean, John was a giant whiner baby about not getting to explore the universe, but...
1: But he's just said he's done exploring!
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you get out of exploring the universe after that, John? Mm Mm-hmm. You got duplicated, one of you died. Did the genocide thing happen after that? I'm sorry to keep harping on the fact that, you know, John accidentally murdered an entire race of people, but
1: Different Destinations is a is a heavy episode. I cry it during it. Like that's that's that makes sense that you would harp on that episode. It's a heavy episode.
0: So Erin finds out that she's not pregnant anymore.
1: Not just that she's not pregnant anymore. But that she has never been pregnant, apparently.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. But They're like, okay, well, we were turned into crystal and then reconstituted. So the crystals that were the pregnancy are still there under the ocean. And Rigel's like, no, no, no. I definitely found and swallowed every single crystal. And oops, Rigel has Aaron and John's baby now.
0: Yes, they scanned it. They they, they scan Rigel and they're like, okay, so apparently the one piece that we did not recover was the embryo. And apparently it has melted and implanted in (laughs) Rigel.
1: So I I assume that what happened is not that, like, coincidentally, they didn't retrieve this piece, but that this piece, like, attached to Rigel because it's an embryo. And that's what they do. And that's what they do. And in fact, he's like, oh, my God, get this parasite out of me. And John and Aaron are upset at it being referred to a parasite. So Rigel says, okay, get this miracle of life out of me. (laughs) And the diagnostician says the baby's too small. So after the first quadmester. They can pull it out.
0: It's interesting that the uh, gestation period is split into quads when it's apparently like a month.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the gestation period, I I still don't know how long sebations gestate for, but they've been frozen for 60 days and it's going to come immediately. So sometime between zero and 60 days is how long they gestate for.
0: Yeah. Erin points out that she was, uh, you know, Bred to be part of the warrior part of Sebastian society, and that's why uh, it goes so fast. Uh-huh. Because, again, Sebastians have always been about quantity over quality. That's how they've maintained a stranglehold over most of the galaxy.
1: I mean, I don't want to... T- I don't well, want- not
0: most of the galaxy, but as much as they have.
1: So you haven't watched the second half of this movie, so I don't want to spoil it too much for you, but I'm just going to go ahead and say... uh. We're going to see that sebations were built to give birth and just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> or or peacekeeper or battle soldiers. Yeah. Were designed to give birth and not stop. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's a numbers game, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, I think is generally how war works. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not now because it's all done by drones or whatever, but... Eh. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of that Simpsons quote, the oddly prescient Simpsons quote. When uh, Lisa and Bart get sent to the military academy, Uh-huh. and during the graduation speech, the uh, general's like, the wars of the future will not be fought by soldiers, they will be fought by tiny flying robots, and your duty is clear, to build and maintain those tiny flying robots. And it's like, well, that really ended up coming true.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think there's still a lot of ground troops, but yeah, no, drones definitely have changed warfare. Yeah.
0: They'll deliver you food and they'll murder you from this guy.
1: Yup. So let's talk about quad masters. Okay. You could split it up into any amount of time. Why four instead of three just to show us that you're alien?
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, especially because I know it's it's a, whatever the bullshit fake word for month is, but a month is 30 days. You think, you know. Yeah. You know, three tens. That would be the obvious split instead of doing it. I don't know, four eights or. Whatever.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is that the baby's too small to transfer now, but the diagnostician will transfer it back to Aaron when it's a little bigger. But mm. apparently, the process to do so is really easy.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's so simple. Damn it, Geico. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy a caveman can do it, John. Remember cave John.
1: I do remember cave John. So Moya's crew have asked if they can just stay on this water planet, hidden from everyone, which, as I said, is the right thing to do. And the water planet also does the right thing and says, no, because you bring death everywhere you go, you have to leave. Fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, uh, the Skarin' Emperor guy, who's got some shiny new clothes and a shiny new face.
1: Yes, and the Hat Skarin, who has a shiny new hat.
0: yeah. They're talking about the next moves in the war, and oh my god, how does she still have a job?
1: Right? And not only a job, but she appears to be, like, the number two.
0: Yeah, like, she was not high-ranking last time. Did she get everyone above her killed when she—I know it's unfair. It's unfair to put John nuking that moon base all on her. But I feel like a fair amount of what happened is her fault. It's weird that she apparently got a promotion between series and movie.
1: Well, uh, here's why we're going to put that on her. She goes to the Scared Emperor and is like, I just got a communication that we know the location of John Crichton. So, you know, somebody somebody on Scorpius' ship let her know that they are going after John Crichton. So again, Scorpius, they wouldn't have even known to go after him if it weren't for you.
0: Yeah, Scorpius is not on his A-game this movie.
1: So he tells her to send a whole battalion to pick up John, and she's like, a whole battalion for one man? Do you not remember
0: how your last encounter went?
1: Apparently not.
0: So John and Aaron are getting married, and, like, obviously this was not going to go off without a hitch.
1: Ooh, boo. Not,
0: not, not intentional. Not intentional.
1: It's way too early in the episode, sorry, the movie. It's way too early in the movie for them to actually get successfully married.
0: And spoiler alert... There's a second attempt that also does not go well because I'm assuming rule of threes.
1: Absolutely rule of threes.
0: Again, have not seen the second half of the movie yet, but you have to know the second attempt at a wedding is not going
1: to go well. I do have to say how much I appreciate that Aaron walks in and they do that whole groove looks up and sees his beautiful bride moment and she's wearing her black leather outfit. like.
0: But she has a flower in her hair.
1: I, that- see, I, I just feel like I'm glad they didn't feel the need to do, like, oh, she has a poofy princess dress. She's like, yeah, no, this is...
0: I like how everyone's acting like she's wearing a poofy princess dress, though, because John's like, oh, my God, Aaron, and she's like, you know, I only did this for you, and by this, put a flower in her
1: hair. <laughs> I thought she meant the wedding at all.
0: And Chiana and Dark are like, oh, she's so beautiful, and you're dabbing tears and stuff, and it's like, it's, yes, Yes, Claudia Black is a beautiful woman. She's not changed her appearance in basically any way other than putting the flower in her hair.
1: Oh, see, I feel like we interpreted that differently, which is that she is just, like, beautiful. And in this moment, she's just, like, glowing with bride energy, even though she's still dressed the way she always dresses. Mm. Like, her beauty comes from inside.
0: Anyway, aliens. Uh, I mean, I guess everyone here is an alien, but <laughs> different bad aliens. Uh
1: yeah, the scarids have shown up and apparently they can see through the concealment canopy. So turns out everyone was right to not want John on this planet. And they get mad at him. They're like, you betrayed us. And he's like, no, and they're all running for cover. So they tell Stark to make sure they understand that they didn't do anything on purpose. And so Stark's just running around going, it was an accident. It was an accident.
0: So, Naranti sees a weird symbol on the wall, and she's like, oh, like, from the archaeology planet with Jewel. Yeah, I remember this. You're, what's it called? You're those, like, peaceful aliens who all died out, except apparently not.
1: Well, we we knew in that episode that they didn't die out, that they just, like, phased somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and then they unfazed at the end of the episode when they hit the weather control machine or whatever.
1: Yes. Now, these people are not those monks unfazed. They are the descendants of those monks who managed to run away.
0: Yeah, apparently some monks got off-planet before the whole sandstorm thing. So, they are many generations removed from the peaceful, peace-spreading, peace-monks of Peace Blore Five or whatever. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I said it was the Scarens who showed up. It's not the Scarens who showed up. It's Scorpius. And John is like, what the fuck?
0: And Scorpius is like, hey, John. And John's like, how, 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 how? And Scorpius is like, I mean, I knew where you were going. You just put a bomb on me and kicked me out of an airlock. Like. I mean. I very easily, there, there was literally nothing stopping me from, as soon as the bomb was deactivated immediately coming back and finding you again
1: well he didn't he didn't know he was gonna be on this water planet this is just a random place they chose
0: i mean yeah but it's like scorpius has been chasing john for a really long time i don't feel like why is the question or how is the question
1: i mean how is the question if what you want to do is make it so he can't chase you anymore
0: yeah but scorpius is like why don't you check in with brain scorpius and john does and brain scorpius is albert einstein because someone has to do a wacky accent
1: yep it's it's like a rule it's in their contract John explains to Brain Scorpius that he can find wormholes now, he can create them, he can navigate them, as of the finale, he can destroy them, but he cannot create a wormhole weapon. That's what you were saying last time, there's always one more thing he can't do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm calling bullshit on this, like, right off the bat, if you can create wormholes, you're creating a wormhole weapon. Yup. If you create a wormhole into a sun, that is a weapon. Like, come on, dude. I
1: mean, I agree. I agree.
0: But yeah, no, apparently the thing is John has all of the wormhole knowledge again, except he can't make them weapons.
1: Well, he has all- unlocked all of the wormhole knowledge that was in his brain. It's just that the ancients never put weapons in his brain.
0: Okay, also, couldn't he just, like, open a wormhole, A, inside, like, a ship or something if he can open them now? Yes. Yes. And B, couldn't he just collapse a wormhole? Like we saw last episode, while people are in it. Yep. I mean, this is like Paige's orbing is not an offensive power. Like, is it? Is Paige's object orbing not an offensive power? She uses it to orb swords into people. She, She uses it to orb energy balls into people. How is it not an offensive power?
1: I, you have you have no argument from me here. I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> oh. But Scorpius wants to team up with John so they can defeat the Skarens. And John is saying, as we discussed a, a lot last time, the Peacekeepers aren't the lesser evil. John's like, I don't want anything to do with either of you. You're both bad. And
0: He goes through this little routine to humiliate Scorpius. He's like, say please, say pretty please. And Scorpius is like, yeah, I don't care about that. Like, I spent, I spent the entire first part of my life being tortured by a psychic space dragon. Do you think I care about debasing myself to John effing Crichton?
1: Right. Uh, but, in another part of the water planet, Stark is running around very excited that Naranti has discovered these people are descended from the monks because they can... Figure out how to do the peace field and generate peace wherever they go.
0: Okay, so little, little, little diversion here. Yeah. Uh, do you know the deal with the Legion of Superheroes?
1: Yeah, that they're like future teens.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a space team from the future. They are they they live in the future. Superman goes to hang out with them in the future mm-hmm. when he was Superboy. Uh, one of them. Saturn girl is from a colonized moon of Saturn where everyone has telepathic abilities. Okay. And the like main her, the main person she fights is Saturn queen. Who's also from that planet. And it gets revealed that the rings of Saturn actually like have a pacification effect on the people who live there. Okay. And the reason that Saturn queen's, you know, an evil murderer is because she's, Away from it. And if she goes back to her home moon, all of that just disappears because the radiation strips you of all of your aggressive tendencies. Okay. I'm sorry. The whole pacification field just kind of reminds me of that. And it's like, are you really a really good person if you're relying on sort of an outside source to stop you from being a murderer?
1: Okay, so this is like a really interesting question, though. Mm -hmm. Because... We are all the products of our environment. So if a single person is generating a field that changes the behavior of a person around them, we can definitely, especially if that field is under their control, mm-hmm. we can say pretty clearly that that is manipulation, that's mind control, that's not good, that's not real peace. But if your planet generates a field that makes you peaceful, is what is that? Like, we are products of our environment, that's literally your environment, like, what, what does that mean? It, I... I feel like this is a pretty deep philosophical question for a Silver Age comic.
0: So you'd be more, I guess, I guess actually that totally tracks logically, you'd be more okay with it if the peace field that was generated by these people was a naturally occurring part of their, like, biosphere or whatever.
1: Yeah, If you, you go to that planet and you feel peaceful. I mean, how is that different than, like, just getting high?
0: <laughs> so we're, we're back to the Naranti strategy.
1: See? This this would be so much better if they would have just let Naranti use drugs. Drugs are the answer, kids.
0: So Naranti is gushing on about how awesome this peacekeeping race. I do like how they're not drawing attention to it, but they keep using like peacemaking, peaceful peace race. They're using the word peace a lot.
1: Yes, yes. Hints of what's to come. Hints of what we're about to learn. Hmm. The... The water people, the hidden water people tell Naranti that they don't have that ability anymore and they don't know where their ancient temple is. And Naranti's like, funny story. We know exactly where it is. We can take you there and you can all learn this power again. Yeah,
0: which, yeah, I guess. Good. I don't know. Again, the Nabari were, I I guess because the Nabari did it with, like, torture and surgery and stuff, the Nabari were bad for doing this.
1: Again, you're not getting a fight for me on this.
0: yeah. But whatever, yeah. I guess it's better if someone just shoots peace beams out of their eyes at you, and then you're peaceful.
1: Yeah. John says, all right, let's do this. This is a good plan. And Aaron's like, I thought we were going to not get involved anymore.
0: And John points out, kind of rightly so, that, like, they really can't escape this until everyone's dead and or peaceful due to psychic interference.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scorpius found him. He's going to keep finding him.
0: I mean... John, have you thought about using wormholes?
1: I mean, he was hidden under a, a concealment canopy that, that hid them from everyone.
0: I'm just saying, you could go to a different timeline.
1: Oh! Oh, like a different timeline altogether. Yeah. Oh, that would be smart. Yeah. Now you get into the question of is it moral to change? Well, it doesn't matter. That That would be the way to go.
0: I saw someone complaining about how every time travel story goes with multiverse theory now. And they're like... Someone, the person was like, it's lazy, it means that you can do a time travel story without having to worry about consequences. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but I also feel like it's the thing that tracks the most logically with time travel. Yeah. Like, I get that you're frustrated that everything is about multiverses now, but, like, it's the logical thing to happen, just creating separate timelines. But Farscape doesn't have that.
1: No, Farscape has a lot of different types of time travel we see, and it does not and it does have a multiverse but time travel and multiverses are two different things yeah yeah so they find they find a kid who wants to go apprentice with the with the ancient peace monk so they're going to bring him to the temple mm-hmm. and the diagnostician can't go because he can't he doesn't go to peacekeeper territory so they're giving Aaron and John the transfer kit so that when when they're ready to transfer the fetus out of Rigel into Aaron Naranti can do it. And Aaron's like, can I do it? And they're like, no, you can't do it to yourself.
0: Literally anyone can do it except for you.
1: Yep. Yep. And actually, I'm sorry, I said, I said that Neranti uh, Naranti could do it. Naranti's not gonna do it. Naranti's gonna stay here and like talk to the water priests about this new thing they've just discovered about themselves because she thinks it's awesome.
0: I like that she's like, I know their culture better than them, so I'm gonna stay here and explain how their culture <laughs> oh, works. Oh my god,
1: Naranti! Oh. Oh.
0: My big complaint about this movie? Not enough Naranti. I mean, she is being legitimately terrible here, but. Eh.
1: Well, I mean, I'm with you. There should be more Naranti drugging people and less Naranti. Naranti splaining culture <laughs> to people she just met because she spent like 10 minutes talking to their ancient ancestors.
0: So it's time to team up with Scorpius again. And why are we still treating this like it's a big deal? I mean, I guess it is a big deal because he's a giant, evil, horrible SM alien. But, like, you've done it so many times. Right. He was living on your ship for a while.
1: It's fine. He won't betray- He's betrayed you fewer times than Rigel has. Yeah. Unlike Rigel, if Scorpius says he's on your side, he's on your side.
0: Yeah. And John's like, okay, first- And this is the big rule, first and only rule of us working together. You can't kill Aaron, and you can't kill Rigel while he has Aaron and Mai's baby in him. Afterwards, whatever. But as long as he has the baby, yeah, Yep. And Scorpius is like, okay. Uh,
1: The reason they're bringing Scorpius along is because they're going through Peacekeeper territory, and uh, Scorpius knows all of the passcodes so they don't get blown up. Yeah, fair. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Pilate has received a message from Rigel's cousin. Remember Rigel's cousin who deposed him and then had him imprisoned by the peacekeepers? Well, it turns out that the war has been really, really bad for Hynerians, and they want Rigel to come back and be like a figurehead that everyone can unite under so that they can survive or whatever.
0: Yeah, it turns out that their empire has mostly survived by, you know... Not catching the attention of anyone more powerful than them, mm-hmm. which is apparently a lot of people. Because he's like, remember, they have millions of worlds under their control, but, like, literally anyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rigel says he's not going to share the throne with his cousin, and we'll deal with all that later. Mm. In the meantime, we have to go to the archaeology planet and talk to the peace monks. Yep. They spend a really really long time on the Starburst like they did in the pilot cuz they're really getting to show off the effects.
0: It's a movie. It's it's like in the Star Trek movies when you've got like a million different shots of the ship from all these different angles.
1: Okay, I know that some people love it, but that that opening shot of the Enterprise or not not opening shot, but the first time we see the Enterprise in Star Trek the Motion Picture, I swear to god it's like 5 minutes of just flying around the ship and i hate it it's so long didn't uh
0: didn't lower decks make fun of that
1: lower decks i i don't remember if they made fun of that they did make fun of how long the deep space nine opening credits are where it's just flying around the station because they missed the docking web and they were like just keep flying around and pretend we're looking at the station
0: (laughs) so stark's flipping out about you know Peace monks or whatever, and Shiana just starts beating the shit out of him. Which poor Stark, he really gets it from all angles in this movie.
1: It Stark goes back and forth between whether he is powerful and has a connection to to a greater mysticism, and how much he's a comic relief character. It's weird the way they do that with Stark, and this movie is firmly in the he is a comic relief character camp.
0: Don't don't care for it, but uh.
1: Man, there is some sexual innuendo happening, though.
0: Yeah, this whole thing is interrupted by the acolyte guy opening up his face to show the peace stock. And Shanna's like, it's so limp and tiny. And he's like, it can do powerful things, he, but only when properly stimulated. He
1: says it gets bigger and it vibrates.
0: Yeah. And it's it's like three straight minutes of penis jokes.
1: Yup. Hey, it's Farscape. It's the horniest show on television.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, John and Aaron are having a sad together because, you know, they can never just have their moment. And John's like, we have to get married as soon as possible because (laughs) once we get married, everything will be perfect forever. Marriage will fix everything.
1: Okay, speaking of things being perfect forever, we go back to Graza and we'd only seen her from the shoulders up before. So now we see that she is super pregnant
0: she's very very pregnant
1: i don't know if this is a prosthetic or if this actress is pregnant i don't really know what's happening but like she's got like three full-grown babies in there that is a massive massive belly
0: yeah i thought i i'm you you told me it's not but my first thought that it was was that it was john's
1: no no it's this admiral guys
0: but yeah, it's very clear that she's using her boob sweat powers or whatever to manipulate this guy into basically doing whatever she wants. So she's the real admiral.
1: Yeah, she wants to be the power behind the throne or whatever.
0: I mean if you're if you're gonna be the power, then it's usually better to be behind the throne, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, she's one of those people who thinks that she is such a great manipulator and tactician and she's neither of those things. She's terrible at all the stuff she does. Grisa is
0: genuinely bad at her job. I mean, I guess seductress isn't really a job, but like...
1: Oh, I thought you meant any sort of military commander. She's terrible at that.
0: Also that. So, speaking of evil women manipulating powerful, stupid men... Poorly. Poorly. Ah, God, I... It it feels like a meta commentary, I know it's not. But the fact that everyone in power in Farscape is massively incompetent feels like it's a commentary on something. Just All like. the
1: military people always are. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but Hat Lady is uh manipulating the Emperor. She's like, uh John is John Crichton is seeking to end this conflict permanently with a wormhole weapon and he's got Scorpius and and the Emperor's like, My
1: Scorpius? Uh because
0: remember, Scorpius was a spy for the Scaron Emperor. Right. I don't know, maybe don't rely on the loyalty of people who you've spent their entire lives torturing.
1: Right. Ugh. So back on Moya, John is trying to get married again, second time. And they're gonna have Rigel officiate because he's a Dominar. Okay. I feel like they should have Dargo officiate because he's, he's a, captain. a captain. Yeah. Aaron literally draws a gun on him because he doesn't want to do it. And John's like, um, honey, you're pointing a gun at the baby. <laughs> it's a cute moment. Honestly, everything about their relationship, they're they're fucked up in exactly the same ways because they've gone through the same fucked up stuff with each other, and I love it.
0: And rachel's like, you're gonna be a great mom. <laughs>
1: Uh, Rigel says I've known you forever I knew you when you were at each other's throats and that's what marriage is so
0: I mean honestly it's a much nicer speech than I would have given credit for Rigel yes that is the subtext or text text of it but he does talk about how much they've grown and changed with each other and it's actually a pretty nice little speech
1: yeah but but before he can finish it
0: the fire nation attacks
1: okay Uh, if If Rigel was two words away from pronouncing you married and you were going to consider yourself married at that point, like, what is marriage? It's not like you're filing this on Earth. Like, just call yourself married. It's fine, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Come on.
1: Like, get married on a post-it note, like in uh, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Meredith and, and, and... McDreamy, they didn't go down to the courthouse. They just wrote their vows to each other on a post-it note and decided that was close enough and they were going to consider themselves married now even though they weren't officially married.
0: And then he got all blowed up.
1: Yes, that's, that's what happens.
0: Just don't work at that hospital.
1: But as we said, this wedding is interrupted by peacekeepers who shoot grappling hooks into Moya?
0: You would grapple Moya?
1: <laughs> and they bring Scorpius so that he can fool them into thinking that they are peacekeepers on official peacekeeper business. John is giving everyone instructions. Stark says, what should I do? And Aaron says, just stay out of the way. And Stark's like, got it. I will stay out of the way because I am a comic relief character. Apparently this time around,
0: you don't want him to just,
1: you don't want him to just
0: guide them (laughs) into death. I know it's my thing with the.
1: He finally did it.
0: He did. It's true.
1: So the peacekeeper, it's, it's one of those uh, peacekeeper marauder groups. They come aboard And Scorpius is like, do you know who I am? And they're like, we know you're Scorpius. And he's like, do you know anything else about me? Like the fact that I just defected and ran off. And honestly, I'm not in good graces of Peacekeeper Command anymore. And they're like, no, we don't know why you're here. And he's like, okay, good. Well, then the passcode is this. Go away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like... I am a very busy, horrifying SM monster. I don't really have time to deal with your little mercenary thing.
1: Well, I mean, they're not mercenaries. They are they are under orders from the Peacekeepers.
0: Yeah, but they're the special thing.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Shoo. Shoo. You can tell because one of them's an alien.
1: Yes, exactly. They act tough at first, and they're like, Yeah, sorry, we have orders. It doesn't matter what you say. We, we are taking over your ship, and we're going to kill you all. And he's like... Really? Can I talk to your manager? I'm Scorpius. And I would like to talk to your manager. And they're like, oh, fuck, never mind. No, you called my bluff. You called my bluff. Okay. We're to go. We're out of here.
0: Our bad. <laughs> then the camera goes all wonky.
1: It goes into slow motion. The The guy's arm is beeping. I assume it's beeping because he's about to get a message from Peacekeeper High Command telling him that.
0: Scorpius is, you know, Malibu's most wanted.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it slows down so that we can see that John's instincts are, like, super fast. Because he sees all of this happening and then starts firing.
0: There's a great bit where, uh, John's like, what'd you do? And Scorpius is like, I deserved my post. And, uh... Honestly, the lead-in to it's kind of muddy, but Scor- but John pulls Scorpius close to, him to use him as body armor. Yes. And he says, it's amazing what a man does when he's in love. Yeah. <laughs> which, I'm sorry, John, that really does not seem like it relates to anything that's going on.
1: I mean, it makes it sound like, I thought it, I thought John was under the impression that he deserted his post for Sarkozy, which is absolutely not what happened.
0: Yeah, seriously, like...
1: Unless he is implying that Scorpius is in love with him, which, yeah. a little bit. yeah. Especially if we go with the whole thing where, you know, obsession and and love and it's all the same.
0: We forgot to mention that the young acolyte split face guy has a bodyguard. Yes. Who's an older warrior split face guy. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in your back pocket. It might slightly matter (laughs) for like 10 seconds.
1: John goes down to Pilot and is like, Pilot, can you do anything to, to take out these guys? And Pilot's like, not without killing you too.
0: Also, John, do you do you not remember my whole th- I don't I don't have weapons. That was Talon's thing. Although the DRDs have guns, so you'd think that they could have the DRDs electrocuting these guys or whatever. Well, I but. mean
1: John's blasters aren't doing anything. Mm. He could open all the doors to space, but that wouldn't be good for anyone.
0: I love how John tells Pilot to stay down, and Pilot's like, I literally can't, John.
1: <laughs> I'm as down as I can get, John. We see that the uh The bodyguard is killed. That's why you wanted to bring up (laughs) the bodyguard was there.
0: Bye, bodyguard. We hardly knew ye.
1: They're about to kill the priest, but then Chiana and Sokozu show up, and Chiana can do her big jumping thing, and Sokozu can switch her center of gravity.
0: I do like that they're using both of their powers, especially the big jumping thing, which showed up twice and never when it was useful.
1: It's just fun. They got to do some fun wire work ass kicking.
0: Yeah. Sokozu and Chiana are just... It's weird how blaster fire is, like minimally effective, but Sokozu and Chiana kicking dudes in the face is fairly effective.
1: I like the way that they've split people up by their specialty here. Like, John's got a blaster, and he and Scorpius are huddled behind Pilot. Sokozu and Chiana are both, like, wire work, martial arts people, and so they're together. And then Dargo and Aaron just both have giant guns and are just shooting their giant guns, and they're teamed up with each other.
0: John calls scorpius he's like okay lover boy get ready to cover me which okay you're really invested in the narrative you've come up with in your head that scorpius deserted because of sokozu
1: or maybe he does mean him i don't know it's weird i i
0: like john's really got this narrative fixed in his head for some reason
1: you know what's happening right now what we're hearing John the way everyone else on the show does, where he's just talking nonsense and it makes sense in his head. <laughs> We're just going with it.
0: That'll put some marzipan in your pie plate bingo. Uh,
1: so John and Scorpius, they basically, they don't they don't beat these guys through any clever trickery. They just overwhelm them with brute force because at this point, Moya's team is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And... They get sent down into the guts of Moya, and Scorpius is like, yeah, we can't release the harpoon because you just sent the guy who has the transmitter down into the guts of Moya. But it's okay, Sokozy finds it almost instantly. Like,
0: Why was it even a conflict? They
1: create the problem, and Sakozu almost instantly has the solution, but that's okay, whatever, it's fine. They release the harpoons, and the other people on the ship realize that their team has died, so they start shooting at Moya, who starbursts away.
0: Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Rigel's, you know, been safe in a box.
1: Yeah, Aaron goes to check out Rigel and make sure that the baby's safe. Pilot's like, so sorry that I didn't see those peacekeepers sneaking up on us.
0: (laughs) He's got a lot of other stuff going on. It's fine.
1: John's like, Pilot, if you compare how many times you fucked up to how many times we fucked up, like, don't even, don't even think about it for a second. Which is very nice and generous of John and true.
0: So they're back at the plant uh, they're not at the water planet they're at the planet that the peace aliens originally the the the, the archaeology site that got turned into a peaceful planet after they fixed that weather machine
1: okay so let me ask you do you want to do you want to cut the episode here okay so we will come back later